everyone. So I'm at church this morning and I sense an incredible level of excitement and I think it has very little to do with church, but a lot to do with what's happening this afternoon. Um, and I hope it's not. So let's just, you know, this is the moment where we get to be in church. So let me see. Guys, this is my first Super Bowl. Okay, so, you know, um, who, and, and I mean, you've you got to pick a team, right? So who's supporting Kansas? Thank you. Thank you, Candace. And who's supporting the Chiefs? Same thing. Okay, so who's supporting the Eagles? Okay, so we do have a few people. Chiefs and Eagles. I, guys, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. I had a lesson with my brother-in-law on the phone. Good to be with you this morning. I thought that what we could do as we start the service is stand up and greet one another. But, here's the big but. We kind of do that and we kind of get comfortable with the people that we know. So I'm going to ask you to stand up and greet somebody that you have never, ever greeted before. And just bless them with the peace of the Lord. And very in glory... <laughs> Let's do that for two minutes. do that, I wanted to just say to you, Chris, Chris, don't go away. It was Pastor Peyton's birthday on Tuesday. It is Chris's birthday today. Anybody else celebrated a birthday this last week? Yeah, Christy, coming up on Thursday. Well, happy, happy birthday to you guys. Let's join our hearts together and stand as we come to God in our call to worship. Oh, Sandy, stand up, Sandy. <laughs> Those who stay on course, walking steadily on the road, revealed by God, are blessed. We are blessed by following God's instructions, doing our best to seek God with all our hearts. God has prescribed the right way to live, the way that leads to health and happiness. Help us, Lord, to keep to the course you set, walking with steady steps all the way. Then we will not be looking back over our lives with regrets. Instead, we will have the comfort and joy of God's companionship all our days. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Okay, I'll try that again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. All right, all right. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to look to the neighbor that's on your left. Oh, I saw that. Someone went like this, trying to find which side it is. On your left. And say, neighbor. Okay, work with me. Say, neighbor. Neighbor. I'm happy I'm in this place. I'm happy I'm in this place. Now look to the neighbor on the opposite side and say, I'm here to have a great time in Jesus. And if you mean it, let's clap our hands for Jesus. Come on, let's clap your hands for God. One.
kids to come on up. We have a special moment to share with our kids. We have warrants being issued. You might want to run. Come up here and sit, please. Up here. Oh. Hi, everyone. Come sit. How's everyone doing? Good morning. Hi. What's up? Um, <laughs> you'll, <laughs> you'll find out in a minute, okay? How's everyone doing? Good? So I brought, today I brought this book of laws with me, and I thought we could read the laws together. Um, maybe some of these sound familiar to you. They're, they're laws. Book of laws. They're amendments? Okay, let's call them amendments. Like, these kids are, like, heckling me. <laughs> okay. Okay. You want me to meet, read your Miranda rights? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. So, <laughs> number one. Do not take toys that are not yours. Ask if you can play with them. Number two, listen to your teacher. Number three, do not talk back to your parents. Number four. Eat with your mouth closed. Number five, no running in the house. Number six, do not climb on the furniture. Number seven, no drawing or writing on the walls. Number eight, lights out, 9 p.m. Number nine, clean up your toys when you're done with them. Number 10, do not hit, push, or kick anyone. Eleven, do not make fun of anyone or say mean things. Twelve, tell the truth. Thirteen, do your chores that you are asked to do. Fourteen, we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> Number fourteen, no TV until you're finished with your homework. Number 15, wait 30 minutes after eating before you go swimming. <laughs> All right. Number 19, do not impersonate a law enforcement officer. <laughs> All right. Shh. These are a lot of rules, right? I don't know how I'm not getting arrested. Okay, so there are a lot of rules, right? It's really hard to follow these rules, don't you think? For me it is. Well, the good news is in our scripture today, Jesus makes it really easy. He says, these are all, but we're going to make it easier, okay? <laughs> so we're going to make it really, really easy. Okay, so he makes it simple. I like simple. You guys like simple? Very simple. So Jesus says, there's two. You guys know this one? There's two. Two rules. Two laws. Love God and love each other. Can we do that? All right. So I'm going to give you each... Take one of these to remember that, and then we're going to pray. So let's pray together. Let's pray, okay? Shh. Lord, we are so thankful for another day that we can spend with you here. We thank you that you have our best interest. And God, as we go out this week and Valentine's Day, we remember that we're to love ourselves. And Lord, we thank you for these many blessings.
sing with us. If you're able to stand, if you can't stand, stand. If you can't, it's fine. The song says, Give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Lift your voice and sing. Give myself. I give myself away. One more time. I give myself away. Oh Lord, I give myself. I give myself away. So you can hear Here I am. Here I am. Here I stand. song that acts it's a request really it says breathe on me breath of God fill me with life anew that I may love what thou dost love and do what thou wouldst do breathe on me
on me, breath of God. Breathe on me, breath of God, until my heart is strong, until with thee I will want to do and to endure. Breathe on me, breath of God. bow with me. Father God, help us to center in your presence today. Help us to breathe in your spirit and help us to feel your warm embrace. Send your spirit upon us and light our path, dear Lord, that we may travel the road you have prepared. understand your goodness and your grace in the world. Help us to see as you would have us to see, to see what breaks your heart. We come to you today laying down our brokenness, laying down our hurts and our pains and those things that break our hearts as they break yours. Help us to break free from ideas that no longer bring life, that we may embrace the life-giving work of your spirit and challenge us to forsake the paths that ask little of us. Help us to resist the evil and temptation of this world, that we may truly follow the way of the kingdom living. Discerning God, help me to consider this day how my life and my choices choose to follow you. Help me to choose carefully the direction that I take. Help me to make my plans according to your standards and not the human standard. Help me to be ready to say yes, Lord, when you call. Discriminating God, help me to understand how crucial are the words that I speak to others and the relationships in my life. Help me to find clarity, and maybe especially with myself. Let all that I do, let all that I am, be a glory to my life. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Offering now, and as we do that, I draw your attention just to the life and ministry of what happens um, in church. So much of what's happening but it's often quite difficult to remember. And so sometimes it's nice for people just to remind us. And don't forget to look at the bulletin. Um, we do have a whole lot of events happening in this coming week. So please, would you read the bulletin? If you do have things that you'd like to be in the bulletin, don't forget to get hold of Anne. Anne has taken a week's leave this week. Isn't that amazing? She is cruising somewhere. And um, so we hope that she will have a time of real restoration. 
just want to acknowledge a few things in the life of the church. Ben, Ben is with us in church and he has been ill and it is wonderful to have you with us, Ben. We thank God for your healing. Many of you might have heard that Lucy broke her hip yesterday afternoon, which is quite a thing because when you think of Lucy, you think of New Horizon. So, um, and she broke her hip. She's not had an operation yet. We are praying that the doctors will make a decision by mid-morning today. So won't you remember her in your prayers this afternoon and especially today for lots of love and lots of healing to her. We also received a news that we've been praying for the Dickinsons and John has also passed on. And so we remember that there are people with us today that are grieving. There are anniversaries that are coming that are grieving. And so we remember those that are ill, that are facing treatment this week. And in this moment, we gather everything we do, but everything we are. And so I'm going to ask Pastor Lisa if she would light this candle. We spoke every week about us uh, writing in this book, which is really a prayer book. And so we'll put the bulletin in, we'll put the names down, and every week when we receive the offering, we'll light a candle and we'll remember those that we are praying for and remembering. So let's do this together. Lord God, we light this light, and this candle is a symbol of light. We cannot fathom the chaos in Turkey and Syria, the thousands of lives that have been lost, the anxiety today of many people in our community grieving, bearing children, experiencing the death of a loved one, gathering their lives at the anniversary of some grief or loss. We think especially this morning of Lucy, and we pray, God, that somehow there would be a miracle for her life as the doctors work on healing her hip. And so God, we offer our lives to you, that our lives would be a light into the world. We receive the gifts that have been offered to us today, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you, God, that you call us to be the light of the world. We pray, God, that our time, our talents, and our treasure would be that a testimony to who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask Glory to join us now. Thanks, Pastor Lisa. And if she will share just a little bit on the life of scouting, as part of today is to celebrate what scouting means for us as a community. It's going to be fun. How many of you remember John Wayne? This is going to show our ages. Raise your hand high. Do you remember? Wow, we have a lot of people that remember John Wayne. Well, the reason I'm starting off by talking about John Wayne is he was obviously a very famous American actor, but he was also a Boy Scout, and in his younger days, of course. And in his older days, he was also a philanthropist. What I love most is when I read that he actually showed up at a benefit and it was held by President Ford, and he was asked to speak. Well, when it came time for him to speak, he simply stood up and he recited the Boy Scout law, which says a scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean and reverent. And then Mr. Wayne actually spoke about the final point of reverence. And I love that, that he really focused on that, pinpointed on that. He said, keep God at the top of what you believe in. With him, life can be a beautiful experience. But without him, you're just biding your time. I think this should be all of our oath for life, don't you? Today, like Pastor Jackie said, is 
United Methodist Scouting Sunday. And so we wanted to take this opportunity to really recognize the troops who meet here on our campus in and throughout the month and also the year. There are really, really great values that come from supporting uh, scouting programs. I know this firsthand. It's not just about the cookies or the pancake breakfasts, although these are really amazing experiences in themselves, right? Um, but also, we're helping to raise good stewards for doing God's work in and throughout the world even. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Later in our scripture reading from Corinthians, we're going to address how this actually pertains to our discipleship path. That as Christ followers, there are actual steps that we take in our maturity as Christians. Here at New Horizon, we have always supported scouting troops in and throughout the years, all the way back, as far back as I can remember, even when we met in the school, we supported scout troops. And of course, many of you have, have remembered the Eagle projects here on the campus that we've been so blessed to have. We're still using one today in our outer campus. And many of you may have uh, done Easter sunrise services with Pastor Peyton out there. Over 34 years ago, I was blessed enough to have a troop of 19 girls for many years here at New Horizon. And um, under my leadership, as well as amazing parents like Glenda McMurray and Cindy Grab, and some who are still actually uh, involved in New Horizon, even though they live at a great distance away. And we will always be connected in those ways to this church. Those were really memorable times, and we're still so thankful. The community that surrounds the scout troops are, are really important. It's not just the girls and their troop leader. It's all of us. It's all of you. With a show of hands, how many of you were actually a scout at one time or another? Okay. How many of you actually led a, led a troop? Or maybe how many of you have had a child or a grandchild in a scouting program? So I see a lot of hands. And so you know, too, that in every one of those oaths and promises is the word God and also the Spirit of God. These oaths are actually similar to what Jesus said in Luke 10, 27, aren't they? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. I love that Carrie used the children's sermon to cover that. You know, only the Holy Spirit could wind these things together. We didn't speak of that ahead of time. So, but whether you're a scout or not, that one scripture can so easily be the spiritual foundation, really, of our faith in the Lord, right? Just as those who learn to live by the promises said at every single one of those scout meetings and gatherings. What makes scouting stand out in comparison to a lot of the other young people's organizations, though, is that emphasis on God, isn't it? Scouting programs give our young people the opportunity to build on these, these life principles, and they take them everywhere they go as they grow older. It can serve them to guide them, actually, in really important issues. And the statistics are wonderful when you look at how many people have gone through scouting um, groups and what they do with their lives and how many lives they save and on and on and on. There's a whole statistic behind that. But today we would like to recognize all of those amazing troops. And did you know we have six Girl Scout troops here on campus that meet here? Um, they are, we'd like to recognize them today because they are important to us as we support them. Troop 10327, led by Melina Degelsmith. And if you're here today, we welcome you. Uh, 10557, led by Carol Woodruff, a cadet troop. Troop 14213, Kate Cooper, who has a cookie booth here, actually, and did last week as well. And 14218, led by Holly Jones, who has a junior troop. 
and 14317 led by Melissa Z, which is a daisy troop, and 14221 led by Stacy Zanini, also a junior troop. We welcome each and every one of these troops, and we are so blessed that you are here. And uh, yes, definitely. And our pledge as a community, if you're either watching online or you're here today, our pledge to you is that we will continue to support these important, important roles um, as you go forward. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, friends, let us continue now as we listen to this item of music. So the song says, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? And I hope you understand what that's all about, because if it wasn't for God, where would you be? That's the great question. If it had not. think, where would I be, right? Where would we be without the Lord? There are those who cannot come on Sunday morning and worship. There are those who are actually not even able to attend the church that has closed. So where would we be without this community, without this church? Our scripture reading today is from 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9, if you'd like to follow. Brothers and sisters, I couldn't talk to you like spiritual people, but unspiritual people, like babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink instead of solid food because you weren't up for it yet. 
now you're still not up to it because you're still unspiritual. When jealousy and fighting exist between you, aren't you unspiritual and living by human standards? When someone says, I belong to Paul, and someone else says, I belong to Apollos, aren't you acting like people without the spirit? After all, what is Apollos? What is Paul? They are servants who helped you to believe. Each one had a role given them by God. I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. Because of this, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But the only one who is anything is God, who makes it grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together, but each one will receive their own reward for their labor. We are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. Hearing at the reading of God's holy, holy word, let us have ears to hear and hearts to understand. Our scripture today was a reminder that the early days of the church were not easy for those who literally depended solely upon the movement of the Holy Spirit to guide them, to go with them as they ministered to the early converts, the early believers. Paul's reference to feeding babies milk instead of solid food or milk kind of helps us understand the patience that went along with this discipleship, doesn't it? For those of us who have raised babies, either human or fur furry ones, <laughs> we know that loving care and patience comes along with that, that it takes this slow graduation from one step to another, from milk to solid food. It's a process, and it involves a lot of love as well, not just patience, but love. Paul cared very deeply about each individual relationship because he knew firsthand just what it meant to be blind and then to see the truth finally. Oh, he was pious in the beginning. He thought he knew the Bible, and he did know the Bible from the back of his hand forward. And he thought he was doing God's work when Jesus called him on that desert. In his grateful heart, though, he held the lifelong commitment of making disciples who would spread the word to all ends of the earth, just as it was prophesied. And I say thank you, Paul. We should all say thank you, Paul. And, and thank you to every single one who has come before us, our mothers and grandmothers, our aunts, our uncles, our neighbors maybe, that picked us up in a, in a horse-drawn wagon, like Bernie tells, to take him to church. Because in fact, for generations to come, this makes that much of a difference. 1 Corinthians 3 is clear on a subject that most of us can understand, right? Maturity. But more than growing old, this scripture is about the maturity of our spiritual selves, the self that sometimes we're unaware of. This is the place where we literally connect with our Heavenly Father, isn't it? And, and much like the wind, we don't see him. We don't. But we, but we do see the results of the Holy Spirit. Just like the wind, we see the results when it comes through the trees, as it, it flows through the trees. First, he calls us, and then he equips us. But again, it's a process. We are all on different paths, every single one of us. And we have different things to deal with each and every day. But we're called to come together as a community and grow in the likeness of Christ. Pray together. Worship together. Love on one another. 
Paul is helping to bring an awareness beyond this world, isn't he? Beyond our everyday checklists and our tasks that we have, beyond our actions and even our reactions. He is actually saying that one could know our spiritual maturity simply by watching how we deal with things, relationships, different situations, how we respond in community even. Who are we? He had gotten word of quarreling and unrest in the early church. The Corinthians suffered from the same identical afflictions that we too suffer from today. Who do we follow? What's most important to us? You see, many folks had been arguing back and forth and about which spiritual leader they should follow. Remember, Paul left the church and Apollos then was left behind to minister to the people. Paul or Apollos? We all have choices, right? Both were ministers, but with different callings. Paul planting the seeds of the good news, and then Apollos keeping that garden vibrant, watering it daily with the word of God, with the relationship building. Paul was reminding them that neither had the power to grow the actual garden, though, which would be the church of Jesus Christ, ultimately the kingdom of God. Paul confirmed that only one is so powerful to do that, and that's the Holy Spirit. Paul's confidence was in the actual knowledge that the Holy Spirit was helping and guiding him all along the way. This would have been far too complex for the early believers, the early Christians to understand. Yet Paul, in fact, was led by the Holy Spirit to do exactly that in a patient way, conforming only to the Spirit. He doesn't give up on them, does he? He continues to go back. He writes letters. He, he hears back from people like Timothy and, and those who were, were with the people. He wanted to know what it was like, how they were doing. And he continues to give them milk along the way so that they grow strong enough to accept the solid food, the true knowledge of life everlasting. To put this scripture in a perfect perspective, I believe, Paul was referring actually to his first visit in Corinth during his second missionary journey when he founded the church. This letter was written about 18 months after that. So they had some time to kind of grow or not grow, right? He says, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you milk, not with solid food, because you were not ready for anything stronger. He says, your actions, though, still prove that you're controlled by your sinful nature. In other words, they were not yet spiritually healthy and mature. The proof was that they quarreled like children, allowing divisions to distract them. And we kind of call that the three deadly Ds. When we go to the D words, they are not of God at all. Discouragement, doubt, and distraction. that their distraction actually came from all around them. We have to remember where they were. We have to remember what the city of Corinth was. It was a major cosmopolitan city, a lot like what we live in, a seaport. There were people from all directions coming in, all persuasions. And it was a major trade center, the most important city in the area, in Achaia. It was also filled with idolatry and immorality. Does that ring a bell? Immature Christians are worldly, and they're controlled by their own desires. And when you have so many choices, 
I'm sure you've heard this statement, it's the devil's playground. It truly is the devil's playground. Whereas mature believers are in tune with God's desires, in tune with the Holy Spirit. Paul knew this. God knew this as well. Paul had a mission, and God had his own timing. You know, it brings us to mind of John Wesley and what he, what he founded Methodism on. It didn't start out to be a church, but a way of life, a process. Philippians 2, 5 through 7 reads, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born in human form. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. All for us, folks, for each one of us. When you know without a doubt that Jesus lives, I mean that there's no question in your mind, there is nothing that brings more joy to you but to serve and to love. All of this, folks, is temporary. This is just as merely the preparation for eternity. And we have to remember this, that we will in fact see our loved ones when this is all over, the ones that have gone before us. I guess the question that we can ask today, ask each of ourselves, is how much influence do our desires have on our lives? We have so many distractions, just like the early church, no different. Maybe more social media, for sure, more technology, absolutely. But do we live to serve God, or do we live to serve our own desires? That's a fruitful question. I use the analogy of a children's playground, sort of. Are we on a teeter-totter, or are we on a merry-go-round? Earlier in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul actually emphasizes the question, who do you follow, by saying, has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Though he did baptize just a few people, this community was not baptized by Paul, and they knew it. Of course not, he says. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, and not with clever speech, for fear that the cross would lose its power. The power he speaks of is the Holy Spirit. Paul lived by some tried and true actions. He followed his call. He knew innately that everyone there had been actually brought there by God, not by him. That they needed direction and they needed discipline they were like us in many ways, maybe just waiting for a leader with wisdom and discernment who would lead them to those next steps. Someone who would, would give them their mantle over and over and over until that foundation was solidified. Let's remember that each and every pastor comes with different gifts, but gifts that we all need. None are less than another. It is when we pull together and actually follow only Jesus that we begin to mature as Christ followers. Paul knew this, and that is what he professed as he built strong leaders with many, many different gifts. None were the same. In closing, Pastor Jackie reiterated last week, 
that we are in this great spiritual migration, and we all feel it, the world feels it, not just here, but in the world. And, and we see the statistics of people falling away from church. Technology is moving faster, for goodness sakes, than the speed of light anymore. We can either go into a tailspin, we can keep things just as they've always been, or we can prepare the way for the Lord. What do we choose? Here at New Horizon, you might very well have been feeling the movement of the Holy Spirit as we discern what our next steps in this whole building of the body might be. And we need to get this right, don't we? And, and so we must pray often for the Holy Spirit to continue to guide us, just as Paul did. Leadership is really wanting to hear every single one of your voices. We are also driven to help decipher each one's special gifts so that we can then engage and use these amazing spiritual gifts within, and, and they're cherished. Each and every one of you are so cherished so that we can use them as we build stronger and stronger. We welcome each of you to be a part of these, these open group conversations going forward. And you'll hear all about them. We're um, actually, our, our sweet girl in the back, <laughs> Janice, has just redone a lot of our website. And it's going to be a lot easier to read. I hope that you'll pull it up next week and see what all's going on. Because it is there that we are reminded that the church is not merely brick and mortar, is it? The church is the people, and worship is not just a room full of bodies. It is a room full of hearts and souls who need to be nourished and loved and equipped. I'm excited for what the future holds for New Horizon, and I know you are too. I say, come Holy Spirit, come. Bow your heads and pray with me. Papa God, Abba Father, Thank you for the grace that you pour out on us daily as we follow your Holy Spirit. Help us to hear the words of Paul and know that they are reminders of the importance of seeking you amidst the chaos and tragedy in the world. That we can be the living body of Christ who seeks not to diminish the church but to add strength to its foundation. We ask for your providence, Father God, as we rebuild the church after the pandemic. Give us the miracle of godly wisdom as we pave a road to the future, that generations to come will remember that it is you whom we continue to serve. Amen. Would you stand as we do what we do. What do we do? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Not, not just sing. We make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Is that amen?
And so, friends, as we leave here today, go in the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe we need to remind ourselves that, that we don't go in our own strength, but we go in God's power, knowing that we are deeply loved. Go in his grace, that every day you live this week, you will encounter God's love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please don't forget, if you've got a little bit of time, join us in the fellowship hall. I think Sarah's run out with her tin because she wants to sell you some um, Shrove Tuesday tickets. And we'll look forward to seeing you in the week. Thanks. Thanks.